You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my co-host Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about you, Mark? Good. We're doing good here at Massive Late Fee. We've had a good week here. Uh, happy belated birthday, Mark. Uh, Mark's birthday was yesterday on the uh, 29th. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. Uh, we are we are all getting older. Mike and I have both aged a year since last year. Odd. That happens for most people. <laughs> uh, but the... Uh, yeah, the the news. We've got some some interesting news. I, I I scoured the internet. We got some and found some news that you you might actually be interested in. So I'm gonna start with Star Wars news. Uh, the Star Wars apparently has canceled uh, the trilogy that uh, DB Weiss and David uh, Benioff. We're supposed to spearhead the Game of Thrones guys, the the bros, the throw bros. <laughs> they they were going to do a, a trilogy of Star Wars movies, apparently, which was going to explore the origins of the Jedi themselves. That's uh that's the information that I have. That has been cancelled. They now have some sort of development deal at Netflix. I'll tell you, I don't know if I've seen two people, two producers, showrunners, whatever you want to call them, uh, their their star fall as fast as these two guys have because they were on top of the world with Game of Thrones and no one liked the last season, apparently. Even though I think you and I both thought it was fine, if rushed. There were there were good parts. Like I like the uh, the episode, uh, the big battle episode on Castle. Uh, Grayskull. Was it Castle Black? Yeah, I think it's Castle Black. Yeah, that was a good episode. I thought. I mean, the ending was kind of cheesy in a way, but I mean, it's not like you know. I mean, we're talking about a uh, dead man who's made of ice. Uh, you know, so we can't really talk about you know reality and the bounds of that uh, too in depth. Right. Yeah. I mean, I. I mean, like like many shows, it start. I felt like it kind of started to lose quality. Like at a certain point, they're just like kind of like fill up episodes, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I I really don't get it with Game of Thrones because there's so much more source material they could have just expanded upon. But I, I imagine there's you know an issue with all the kids on the show growing old quickly and all that stuff. But speaking of the source material, uh, Game of HBO has confirmed a uh, at least ten episodes of a Game of Thrones prequel called House of the Dragon, which is going to be based on uh, George R.R. R. Martin's book, Fire and Blood. It's going to take place 300 years before Game of Thrones, and it will depict the Targaryen kings uh, who ruled Westeros. Fucking each other? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, so they... they Apparently, they were going to do some other have... spinoff series. I think maybe it was going to be... Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was going to be. I, I heard they were talking about four different spinoffs of the uh, you know the Game of Thrones. Uh... Yeah, they canceled one of them, I know. But they, they've confirmed this one's going to have... I, I, I think they're going to look... I think The Long Night might be uh, uh, part of this. Uh, that's my guess. 
the spiders as big as dogs and shit? First of all, I think prequels are stupid. Like, the only exception is, like, uh, maybe The Godfather Part 2. I almost said 3, which would have been hilarious. They're going to wipe out the Targaryens? I know they're not going to. I already know the history of, you know, the the show. I mean, I already know what's going to happen. And, like, the Star Wars prequels, not only were they bad to begin with, they, I mean, just, they were pointless. Oh, look! He turned into the Darth Vader! Who didn't fucking know that? Yeah, I know. The, 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 Star, eh, the whole, the Star, Star Wars prequels were were flawed from the beginning. The whole idea of them was flawed from the beginning. And from what I've heard, like, the most recent trilogy basically is just, like, the original trilogy rehashed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I don't... I don't see a point to the original trilogy to, trilogy to begin with, so uh, a sequel and a prequel are just meaningless to me for this particular property. They, they're... I think they're sort of bankrupt. Uh, like, creatively bankrupt. Morally? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. (laughs) Uh, But speaking of Hollywood uh, moral and creative bankruptcy, apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger has said, although one of these I might like to see, Arnold Schwarzenegger has said that he is open to doing a True Lies 2 or a Last Action Hero 2. Now, True Lies, they absolutely ended that with room for, for a sequel. See, I like both those movies. I know a lot of people, like, I, I guess a Last Action Hero was panned. I don't really see why. It's a fun movie. It's yeah. entertaining. You know, it's it's just not your typical Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, movie at that time. He, I mean, there's just, like, a kid's movie, really. It's not like he's going to be, like, shooting people in the head and that kind of shit. Yeah. True Lies is, uh, see, I really don't want them to do a sequel to True Lies because, I mean, first of all, the characters are, like, 20, almost 30 years older at this point. Mm. I mean, I don't want to see Sylvester Stallone at 70 years old, like, you know, playing Rambo still. I mean, it's just dumb. I mean, that's just the dumbest shit I've ever heard of in my entire life. Yeah, and that just happened. So that's just one place. Yeah, I, he, he, he's like four Rambos ago he was too old to play Rambo. I mean, he, he I understand, like, you know, it's not his character. He probably owns the rights to it. But, I mean, I just don't see a People still go see them, so I can see why they keep making them. I just don't, I don't, I wouldn't want to taint the original film with, like, a shitty, like, you know, sequel. And, I mean, let's be honest, it's not going to be better than the original True Lies. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Schwarzenegger uh, was over the. And, and are they even allowed? To, are they even allowed to have like Arabic people be terrorists anymore in movies? I don't know. I was gonna. I was gonna say that that Stallone was over the hill playing Rambo when uh, he helped o- Osama bin Laden and the Taliban. In, in, yeah, no shit. In Afghanistan. Thanks uh, a lot, Sylvester Stallone. Right. They dedicated that movie to the freedom fighters. Uh, but anyway, so the uh, never forget. But yeah, I this to me strikes me as very clickbaity type of thing because like at the first one of the first lines of the article says the actor broke the news while discussing his latest film Terminator Dark Fate so you know he's doing press for for Terminator Dark Fate and some somebody comes up to him and says hey would you do uh, a True Lies 2 or a Last Action Heroes uh, sequel and you know he what's he gonna say he's probably like yeah you know I might do that that's the story. That's all this is. There's no planning for this. They, they, they aren't. James Cameron isn't interested in making a sequel to True Lies. Nothing's going to come of this. It's just they asked him some clickbait question, and he was like, <laughs> or, you know, however uh, <laughs> however he intones. I think that's Sylvester Stallone you're uh, impersonating there. I think that was Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger mud wrestling. 
You know, it's my... I'm only okay if he mud wrestles uh, Predators from outer space. <laughs> my favorite story about the two of those is that Arnold Schwarzenegger tricked Sylvester Stallone into doing Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Hey, I heard that uh, today on, like, uh, it was an interview with, I don't know, Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or something. I heard it, no, I heard it yesterday. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, that is that is hilarious. For those of you that don't know, basically, uh, Schwarzenegger expressed interest in doing Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, even though he had no intention of doing it, because it sounded like a shitty movie. <laughs> and, but he did it so that Stallone would take the role, and Stallone's uh, agent was like, hey, you know, you gotta do this movie, and... Sloan's like, are you are you sure? Are you sure it doesn't look very good? He said, you know, it doesn't look very good. And he said, oh, you know, if you don't do it, Schwarzenegger's going to do it. And so he ended up doing the movie and, you know. he Estelle Getty changes his diaper or something. I don't know what the fuck happens to that movie. Yeah, you gotta, if, if it's a Sylvester Stallone saying this doesn't look like a good movie, keep in mind he was an over-the-top. Yeah, great. Oh, uh, uh, the stop or a mom will shoot sucked. What did he say? <laughs> that was he said stop or a mom will shoot sucked. Uh, that That's, was one of the that... best skits. Yeah, the uh, great Norm Macdonald, uh, Sylvester Stallone sketch. Hopefully yep. it's on YouTube. I don't know. That seems like what he wrote, too. I mean, that just is a very Norm like humor all over that one. Absolutely. Oh, so that is it for the news today. We will continue on this freight train of deliciousness. My God. By uh, moving on to keeping current with Mike. This is where we plumb the depths of the celebrity gossip trough and see what, what tasty morsels we can come up with. I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but that's what we're doing. Mike, where, uh, where are we going? Where are we going in life? And for this segment eonline.com slash news eonline okay that's this is gonna be good steve kometko would have known what i was talking about yeah he definitely would have been what's her name julie oh as asner something like that jules asner i don't think she what if she's related to ed asner i think had a weird holy fuck i haven't thought of jules asner or steve kometko in probably 25 years you're not alone mark you're Uh, you're not alone i want to see if jules asner is one still alive and two related to ed asner she is still alive. She looks a little like Deborah Messing, for those of you that don't know what she looks like. That all um, makes sense. She's married to Steve Soderbergh. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Uh, but, yeah. That's where I heard her name the other day, because I was reading something. I'm like, she married to Steve Soderbergh? It's weird. Like, uh, I don't know if you know this. Uh, do you know Tabitha Soren from uh, MTV? Yes. Yes, I do. She's married to the uh, the writer Michael Lewis. I don't know if you ever read him. He's like a nonfiction writer. Yep. I thought that was kind of like... I think that's who he's married to. Tabitha Soren or Serena Alchel, one of the two. I think it's Tabitha Soren. Jules Asner, by the way. Shout out to Soren. Who, yeah, who was born Julie Ann White. But Jules Asner, this is the first line of her Wikipedia, is a screenwriter and author. What? What the fuck is Jules Asner wrote? As, as well as former entertainment journalist, television personality, and model. She's married to Steve Soderbergh. What... What did she write? Uh, a note on Steve Soderbergh, one of Steve Soderbergh's scripts. I, 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 and I, there's nothing. Could there's be. no. There's no. Um, there's no credits for her 
on um you know on here so i can't i can't i don't even see anything as far as credits go i don't know I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but, but he did a movie with his ex-wife about their divorce. I wonder if he was going out with Jules Azarek. Holy shit. That'd be a very awkward uh, period. That's oh, no, I'm just going to go film a, film a movie with my ex-wife. That is ballsy. I'll tell you that much. Did the story. Oh, she was born February Charlie... 14th. Valentine's Day. Wait. What year? 1968. Huh. So she's 51? Yeah. Fair enough. Hey, she's in... She. Oh, oh no, sorry. <laughs> That's her most recent credit is Jay Bob Strike. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't she in Jay Bob Strike? I'm surprised I didn't get her for the uh, sequel. That's her, yeah. Or the was, reboot. That's what I thought. I thought it was going to be the reboot, but she directed her, uh, one episode of Hard Copy, apparently. And, of Hard Copy? Yeah, I guess. How, what? What does that even mean? Does the camera ever move during hard copy? <laughs> like, it's, literally all hard copy is is there's like a stationary camera and then like film clips. It's a very David Lynch-like production over there. Just a lockdown camera. Very close. It's a claustrophobic set at hard copy. <laughs> it's it's like the news. I mean, if you could, I mean, I guess it's a, I mean, there's something to be said for filming the news well. I mean, directing the news well, but it's it's not a difficult job. I don't think. No, no, I don't think so. I think Chuck Rondo from uh, back in Clawson High School that used to do the uh, the soccer games could direct the news. I mean, I like did it in like a uh, telecommunications type class, and it came out okay. I mean, for like. Doing it once or twice, it didn't seem especially difficult. Yeah. Do you think she uh, was was alerting that over as Steven Soderbergh? Hey, sorry, I just got <laughs> back directing hard copy. <laughs> I don't know what you're working so, on, but. <laughs> oh, you're doing that little movie about uh, traffic. Right. <laughs> Catherine's doing. I, I, I like that movie. I don't really know if I've seen a lot of his movies, but I did like traffic. Yeah, I like Traffic, too. That was the one I could think of as well. Apparently, he's an executive producer on Bill and Ted Face the Music. Okay. I assume that means he's giving someone money. I don't know. Yeah, that's my that's my guess. Let me look up his... Oh, no. I, I hope I hope him being an executive producer doesn't mean he gets to pick the director. Right? Because <laughs> I think it's I know Asner. he might be... <laughs> Joel Sassner's directing the new Bill and Ted movie. All right, now, Bill and Ted, first of all, don't move. <laughs> Secondly, can you just can you just throw it to a, a clip of you guys doing something else, also not moving? <laughs> and uh, can it be Bill and Ted and Steve Kometko? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so Steven Soderbergh is, uh, has directed a... A new movie that's coming out called Let Them All Talk. Uh, then he's done The Laundromat, uh, Mosaic, Logan Lucky. I heard that's good. The Nick, which was a TV series. Never heard of it. Uh, Behind the Candelabra, that's that... Um, oh, he directed that. That was the um, Liberace movie on HBO with Michael Douglas <laughs> and uh, Matt Damon. I think that The Nick thing i was that that was a series did he just do like one episode or something i think it was like about like victoria and like medicine i don't think it was on for very long he directed i believe like 20 episodes of it jeez yeah uh magic mike 
uh, Haywire, Contagion, The Informant, with an exclamation mark. Anytime that there's an exclamation point in a movie, you know it's good. Uh, Ocean's 13. Oh, that's right. He directed the Ocean's movies. Ocean's 12 and Ocean's 11, yeah. Well, anyways, uh, get in current with Mike. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do a, an actual uh, an actual story. Yeah, we got a long head ahead of us here, Mark. Right. Charlie XCX speaks out over abusive meet and greet interactions with fans. Okay, now I'm I I hate myself, but I know who Charlie XCX is. She's a a singer. Oh, I have no idea who that is. The only thing I know that she's saying is in that song Fancy by uh, Iggy Azalea. She sings the chorus part of it. I'm so fancy. Oh, jeez. And she has fans? Apparently. Isn't that song like 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 five years ago or something like that? Yeah, it's pretty terrible. But now what is she ashamed of? She's ashamed of... She's, she's speaked out, speaking out over abusive uh, interactions with fans at meet and greets. Oh, so she's abusing fans. No, she's being abused by them, I assume. Oh, like they're like well, grabbing her bazoombas. Oh, well, that's not nice. Shouldn't be doing that. That's not on, guys, obviously. Come on. Just because her music sucks. Don't be grabbing her breasts at, at meet and greets. Greets. That's awful. Where's security Sick. in all this? Why aren't they? You think she's? You think she? You think she has security money for her meet and greet? Yeah, that's true. You're probably right. She doesn't. She doesn't have enough money for security. Oh, it's terrible. Sorry, Charlie XCX. Your music still sucks. Uh, next story is: Watch Jennifer Garner make a hilarious plea for funny over sexy Halloween costumes. Okay. So it's like a video clip. I assume it's just her saying, you know, be funny instead of sexy. Who cares? I don't. I don't care about Jennifer Garner or what he just. Every time I see Jennifer Garner, I'll. <laughs> oh, where's your booing? <laughs> You'll laugh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, she's okay. I mean, but I, I just, I just don't really care too much. I, I mean, why not I go for scary? That's what Halloween's about. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with sexy if that's what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't listened to the clip. She might be like making a good point towards like young. People, I oh, guess. Yes. I, I don't really know what it's. A, I mean, that you know, I I agree. It's just weird to see like, you know, like I don't know, like thirteen year olds walking around like, oh, I'm a I'm a slutty so and so. It's like, yeah, I don't I don't really think. So. Yeah, agreed. I agree with that for sure. Yeah, but in my opinion, instead of funny or sexy, go for scary because yeah. it's Satan's day. Please him. It is. And that's all I have uh, from uh, keeping current with educating Mike. Back to you, Mark. <laughs> Well, now we will move on to our parents' guide let's. game. <laughs> oh, wait, you know what? Let me, let's, before we do the parents' guide game, because we've got a couple different things here going on. So, before we do the parents' guide game, uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about your gambling problem. <laughs> no, uh, we have... Is that like the uh, pot calling the kettle black there, Mark? Yeah, exactly. I, I am I am frequently gambling online because, you know, it's it's fun. It's a fun thing to do, and, and I, I win money sometimes. And if you want to win money sometimes and other times lose money because that's how it works, you should go to my bookie. So 
Mike, are you familiar with uh, with my bookies? Uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic interface. They've got the best lines. You know, in you could go to Vegas, you could go to Atlantic City, you could go see uh, what was that? Uh, <laughs> what was those shows in Atlantic City that we? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what. Uh, oh, I cannot remember what they were, but they were very uh, sad. Oh yeah, there was. Oh, the one was I remember it was. Uh, like dead singer, they were all dead singers, and they were. Um, yeah, yep, yeah, that's right. It was like an impersonator show. Yeah, so you know you could go to Atlantic City, see that show, but you're not going to find the the lines that you're going to get here. You, you won't find lines this good outside of uh, the 1980s. <laughs> and I mean, come on, think about it. Do you really want to, you know, go take a shower, get dressed, get in your car, go fill it up with gas? drive tens of miles to a casino, get parking, walk from the parking lot to the casino, and only then, you know, you have to hit an ATM and maybe like, oh, there's a $5 charge for this, you know. Mm-hmm. Once you're there, they're just like sucking money away from you, you know, the second you walk in the door. Absolutely. Or from the privacy of your own home, I mean, you can just go to mybookie.com. Why, why see another person in the world? <laughs> when yeah. You, when you... What the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> Why uh, we, we've got we've got musical accompaniments for this? Why see another person when you could just go to uh, mybookie.ag and place your bet? And let, let me tell you, so Mike, if you want to win a lot of money, I do. But you don't want to spend a lot of money. I don't. What you should do is you should do a parlay. These are things I like to do. My, or, uh, one of our friends. That lives in Las Vegas, Ben and I, we used to do this all the time. You pick like four games, five games, and you put them all together. And if all these things happen, if all these teams win, then you spend a little bit of money and you make a lot of money. I mean, you know, Norm McDonald does it all the time. And he's, yeah, he's on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I want to put that in the end. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the most successful comedians out there. And, and Norm, Norm's got his own promo code. We've got our own promo code. Pin Gillette has a, a promo code. I'm sure he does for something. <laughs> no, for my bookie, I, uh, I heard on his podcast oh, earlier. Awesome. So, so we're in good company here. So now here's the thing. If you join my booking right now, like right now, yes, do it on your computer right now. Use the promo code. Use the promo code late fees. That's L A T E F E E S all caps. My bookie will double your first deposit. So up to a thousand dollars. So if you deposit a thousand dollars because you have a severe gambling problem, they will give you another thousand dollars to double that severe gambling problem. Thousand dollars is a lot. That's more than I'd bet. But you, I mean, who wouldn't take a free thousand dollars? You're you're an idiot if you don't take this offer. I agree, absolutely. So go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code late fees L A T E F E E S, and you will activate that offer. <laughs> you just got more aggressive with each letter. <laughs> so you know, my bookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. Do it now. Oh. Hey, is this offer available to people in other countries too, Mark? It's this offer is available to everyone that's got a fucking computer. 
If you live wow. in another country and they, if, you, if you're in China and they won't honor, you know, if they won't let you go to mybookie.ag, get a VPN and go to mybookie.ag and do it anyway. Yes. Oh, sign up anyway. But if you're in if you're in in Denmark, you know, like our our wonderful friends, go there. Denmark. Yeah. They're in Amsterdam. We hate the D- Danish. Really? I know yes. Amsterdam's the city. Yeah, they're they're the Dutch though, the Netherlands. Oh. Denmark are the Danes. Yeah, that's right. You're right. I guess are you a fucking places. are you a fucking Dane lover or something? <laughs> yeah, every time I uh, I listen to Dane Cook, I saw I hear. <laughs> is, is it? Aren't, is, don't you call him the Great Dane? <laughs> the Great and Dane. And not Hansen. I was gonna say the great Dan is Gus Hansen, always. Who gambles? Which you can do on uh, the website that Mark just gave us. Easy go, to remember. Go today, light fee, light fees, with an S. All right, now we're moving on to uh, the Parents Guide game today. And every time we do this, Mike and I go back and forth. And we read clues from the Parents' Guide on IMDb uh, of a movie. And uh, we will see if the other one can get it. Mike, do you want to uh, test me first or you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. All right. So here is your first clue. Under sex and nudity, the lingerie is very revealing. <laughs> um, Tootsie. No, that's, that's a good guess, though. There's lingerie in that. I haven't seen it. Uh, let's see. Under violence and gore, a house explodes and kills two police officers. Poltergeist? No. Uh, let's see. One. <laughs> so this is a typo, I think. This is also under violence and gore. One character is hot in the back. I'm pretty sure they meant <laughs> shot in the back. Or hit in the back? Maybe. Uh... <laughs> oh, wait, what if, what if they do mean hot in the back? The clue right underneath this says, the main villain shoots a bad guy and he dies. <laughs> what? The main villain shoots a bad oh, you know, guy, and he dies. I, I, I think this is a Lethal Weapon movie. Is it Lethal Weapon 3? No. 2? Nope. Okay, I give up. Uh, so, profanity. Lots of mild profanity scattered throughout the film. One character repeatedly says he's too old for this shit. <laughs> Cocksucking is used once. Which is surprising from a PG thirteen movie, but it said Ooh, so. PG thirteen. But it said so quickly, you most likely won't pick up on it at first. Uh, is this Roxanne? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, frightening and intense scenes. Uh, a young boy is threatened with a switchblade. And then handcuffed while a robber ransacks his home. Huh. 
Um, stand by me? No. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, I think I might know what this is, actually. But go ahead. Okay, let's see. At the end of the film, the main character's boss yells, doing a fucking tango up and down my Hershey Highway while hilarious and spoken quickly. It's tough to catch, but it's there. Okay, that's that's not what I thought it was. I thought it was the movie The Client, uh, okay. but I don't think that's what this is now. Um, shit. Uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse, or Pee-wee's Big Adventure. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, more sex and nudity. Uh, a thug smacks around the main character's teenage daughter. Uh, and attempted rape may be implied. A car crashes through a building, and a large group of attractive women in lingerie flee the room. A couple of references to premature ejaculation. Um, is this Sin City? No. Really? Huh. Now let's see. There, are, There's lots of violence in this movie, but a lot of it is played for comedic effect, as it pokes fun at the action genre. Many shootouts, car chases, and explosions take place, with some hand-to-hand -hand fighting. Most of it is bloodless, but some of it may be a little much for younger viewers. Um, is it... I don't think this is it, but is it Johnny Dangerously? No. Although I gotta do that one one day. I've, I've, I've meant to do that before. Um, alright, let's see. I'm gonna give you the... Well, I'm gonna read the main character's name. Because I don't know if you... Well, I, I'm gonna read one more and then I'll do the main character's name. A bomb is put into a corpse's body, and the corpse explodes. But the explosion happens oh, idiot. in the tar pits, and no <laughs> okay. blood or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I would have guessed this without this clue. Uh, last action hero. Correct. We just talked about it in news. Oh, yep, last action hero. You got it. Yes. All right. I really the do violent... enjoy that movie. I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I like it too. I mean, some of the acting's not great, um, but I mean, it's a fun movie. Yeah, and it's it's not taking itself seriously. That's that's one of the things I like about it. Oh no, not at all. That's I mean, that's that's a fun movie. I mean, it's a movie I could watch. I, really, I think my oldest could probably watch that one now. I think she might like it, but yeah, I think it's fun. Yeah, agreed. All right, uh, clue number one. Right. Oh, I cannot say that one. Hold on. <laughs> Okay, I. An older man asks a fifteen-year-old if she's a virgin. Uh, I'm gonna assume it's a horror movie because we're still in Halloween times. It's Devil's Night for those out there uh, in uh, in a secret alien. Yeah, technically, while you when you're listening to this, it's Halloween. <laughs> so happy Halloween yes. as well. But, happy Halloween, uh, hail Satan. Uh, I will say. Friday the 13th, part three. No. Okay. A man tells to another man, which does not seem grammatically correct to me at all, oh. that he's a that he's a sexual maniac. The Predator? No. Okay. A man kisses another man for celebrating their victory. Again, I don't think English is the first language of the person who wrote these, so that'll make it a little more tricky. A man kisses another man for celebrating their victory. So I'm guessing. I think it means to celebrate their victory. I don't know. Right. Uh... Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. No. All right. 
An old man seduces a young girl, but nothing happens. They kiss briefly at the end of the movie. The fuck? An old then why, how does he seduce her if nothing happens? I I don't know if they know what the word seduces means. I, maybe they're using the wrong word. Black snake moan. No. Right. And damn, I just realized what I should have done. Uh, I should have done Candyman, but this is not Candyman. Oh yeah, Candyman's a good one. The word pervert is said twice. Well, I mean, I, I understand why. You got old men kissing young women and asking if they're virgins and all this shit. Uh, I mean, it's not a. His horror- name's Sully. It's not a horror movie, but uh, the Luke Besson masterpiece, uh, Leon the Professional. Oh, I do love the movie, but uh, no. In that movie, she tries that. to seduce him, though. Yeah, yeah, because it's okay. Ugh. Well, I guess it could. It's a weird movie. Um, A man on his deathbed coughs up some blood. Mm. Well, that seems normal for a deathbed. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, no. All right. One of the characters, you know, I could probably tell you the characters' names, and I don't think you'd recognize them. Probably not. One of the characters begins to get depressed after realizing that, it, realizing that another character doesn't care about the deaths of his workers. He is threatened by the character and later dies. <laughs> doesn't care about the deaths of his workers. Uh, alien? No, but that's actually a good uh, guess, because a clue makes sense for that. Yeah, only that one, though. Yeah, none of the other ones do. Okay, this, uh, this one was clearly written by somebody from the 1940s. Okay. A little, a little boy suffocates inside an icebox, and his corpse is seen while his grieving parents cry. <laughs> now, say this little boy suffocating in this icebox, huh? Um, oh, suffocating in ice. So it's not that episode of Punky Brewster. <laughs> um, no. Let me think. Uh, no, it wouldn't be that. Pet Cemetery? No, but you're closer than you might think. Alright. Alright, I'm gonna give you all the alcohol, drugs, and smoking clues at once. They're coming at you. Okay. Some smoking and drinking. Some pill-taking. Okay. You know, I'm gonna throw in uh, the profanity, too, because it's a very short section, and this might be helpful. Some uses of fucking shit, several references to God, jerk, bastard, damn, and son of a bitch are also heard. A few sexual references, words like pervert, virgin, dogfuck, some mild name-calling like I wish she'd go back into whatever sewer she crawled out of, and idiot are also heard. Stand by me? No, but I like how they lump all those in together. I like how they dump in, uh, lump in a dogfuck and idiot as being like the same way. <laughs> right? Those are both profanities. Um, right. Uh, sometimes they come back? No. Hmm. Huh, well, let me find a clue that doesn't have the title of the movie. Okay. Oh, so the title of the movie is spoken a lot in the movie, then. I've never seen this, but I know you have. Alright. There are implications... Oh, no, that was really bad. <laughs> uh, there are implications of one of the characters being a former prostitute. Okay, so former prostitute, lots of perverts, old men seducing young women, and I was kind of close with the Stephen King guess. Um, hmm. 
I like how we did an ad for a uh, a uh, gambling company. You just hear you like shuffling cards in the background. <laughs> I always have some kind of gambling accoutrement on me. <laughs> I just hear you like like clicking at their poker chips next. Right. I do have a couple on my nightstand right now, actually. But I haven't been to a casino in a while because I like doing it online more. I really do. That's it's not just selling the the mybookie.ag. Yeah, I'd like to do like uh, cards online, you know, not like for like any high stakes or anything. Mm-hmm. But that would be fun. I like uh, poker. I don't know if you could, can you do that in uh, the U.S. now. I, I don't know what the laws are. I know they banned it at one. I mean, not really, but yes, you 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 can, but like you're not. I guess you're not supposed to. I don't know. Fair enough. Um, Quit stalling. I will say, um, uh, this is a creep show. No. Tales from the Crypt, Dark Side of the Moon, the one they didn't release. Huh, okay, I think this one might give it away. The chase scene at the end is quite unnerving and scary as it involves two men and a girl that escaped from the Mangler, which started walking and spurting fire and is after... The Mangler? Yes. Holy fuck. Oh, what a terrible, terrible movie. Yeah, pretty think, much every other clue says the mangler in it, so... I think the reason I it took me so long to get that is because I blocked most of the mangler out of my mind. Yeah, I, I've heard uh, from you and my wife who also saw it that it's very bad. It's one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. I can't overstate how horrible... You know how good mybookie.ag is? The mangler is as bad as that is good. <laughs> You know, I, I've never seen The Mangler, but uh, just a little uh, prequel. Uh, I think a uh, prequel, that doesn't make sense for what I'm saying here. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, one of the things we saw for dumpster diving this week was, uh, I can't imagine anything being worse than that. Oh, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> it was really bad. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get into that. Um, I took notes on that one. So, uh, real quick, before we get on to the main topic of the day... I want to to play you a, a a promo for one of the shows on the network. This uh, this particular show is now, Mike. Last week you got mad because you know sometimes I appear on other shows and you felt betrayed. This is basically the show I was thinking of because I've been on this show twice, uh, talking up massive late fee and everything, representing. But you might want to uh, to come on the show, too, at some point. They talk a lot about politics here uh, on Voice from the Underground. Uh, and they're, they have a... Uh, yeah, I don't have any interest to talk about politics, to I be know. honest with you. <laughs> I figured, but... But they, they, like... So what their, their show does is their show kind of talks, like, about social issues, but it also, um, like, juxtaposes it with pop culture and, and stuff like that. Here's the thing, though. A lot of times they talk about comic book movies, and then they... They weave politics in with it, so it it honestly sounds like maybe the worst thing in the world for you. Two things. I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a great show though. It is a great show. I mean, I I, I listen to the show every week. Um, you know, Dutch, Big Haas, uh, TJ, they do a great job. So here is voice from the underground. Hey guys, this is Venice, and I've got a message from a friend of mine about my favorite podcast. 
It's your boy, Flavor Flav in full effect. Check this out, everybody. I want y'all to go check out TJ. What's good, everybody? TJ Johnson here from Voice from the Underground. I am the most handsome. Big ass. And I'm smoking my cigar, of course. You know what I'm saying? The Dutch. You pick me up in an Uber and a PT Cruiser, I'm calling Lyft. Because <laughs> <laughs> they be fighting the power, talking about social issues, politics, you know what I'm saying? And we're not even that good. Right, we're terrible. Terrible. Tangents <laughs> all over the place. And not only that, but they be keeping it fun with the sports, music, comics, and movies too. Am I allowed to I talk? Think, I think, no, not right now. <laughs> Shut up, just... colonizer! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Me on Twitter at VFU Podcast. So you can find them, you can find them. So check one, two. This is Flavor Flav. Yeah, boy. Okay. What Flav was trying to say is, check out Voice from the Underground on your favorite podcast network. Voice from the Underground. So that was Voice from the Underground. <laughs> the, uh, the, apparently they, they ran into Flavor Flav someplace and got him to record a, a promo for them. So oh, that's cool. I wonder if it was on Cameo. <clears throat> on where? Cameo? I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's a, a website where you could like uh, hire celebrities. Like you pay them like a nominal fee, and they'll uh, you know like do a video for you. Oh, interesting. We should check. And Norm Norman McDonald's actually on there. We should definitely check that out for Norm McDonald. <laughs> see if yeah, Norm do will do a see if Norm will quote himself doing a review of our show, and he can do the promo for this show. That'd be I, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, that maybe we'll invest some of the money that that both. We get paid from mybookie.ag for doing their commercial, and then also the money we win from mybookie.ag. Yeah, see, whatever money we make for them, I'm just going to put into their website. Absolutely. And then, you know, try to win, try to double it up. It, auto it automatically doubles. There's no try, Mark. That's true. Try to quadruple it up. Uh, but speaking of quadrupling up or, or tripling up, I guess, the uh, so what we saw this week what we watched uh like we mentioned last week was Castle Rock on Hulu and they released three episodes right off the rip and if you're listening to this on the day that this comes out uh on Halloween that means that you if you kept up with it you watched the newest episode yesterday which is when we're recording this so I don't know that episode but i did watch the first three episodes mike i think you watched fewer than that is that correct i watched about two yeah maybe i got a little to the third one but oh, um you watched two i'm 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 surprised because i started watching this uh the from the first episode you know i like i'm watching the first episode my wife and i are about halfway through and i'm like F mike's not finishing the first fucking episode <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny because I, I believe last week we, i was asking you about it and i said oh do they use actual you know normal characters from his works or is it, you're like oh no it's kind of set in there and of course in this season, they just use characters from his work. Yep, and they and they completely change the. I mean, not completely, but they they definitely change the characters a little bit. So the first season, I'm not telling you to go back and watch the first season, but you might actually like the first season. The first season is how I said it's like it's original characters. It's set in Castle Rock. Uh, the Shawshank Prison is one of the big um, settings for it, and it's you know it's it's interesting. I like what they did. With the first season, 
for this season, they are focusing on Annie Wilkes, which, oh, you know, you got fans of Stephen King will remember uh, was the nurse in misery uh, who died in, you know, at the end of that book. So I don't know if this is an alternate timeline. I don't know if it's just a different dimension. It is just like a, it's like not only is she I, well, I guess she's really not. I would say I thought she was like she seems like she's in her twenties. I guess mm-hmm. I believe Kathy Bates was like in her thirties when she did uh, Misery. Yeah. Um, but this like basically makes me hate the this uh, show immediately because there's why would you even like tread on that ground of trying to you know do better than Kathy Bates and. Yeah, I bet that's you know, and I like Lizzie Kaplan a lot. And uh, I, I, is she from other stuff? I I don't think I've seen her or anything, but you seem like you're familiar with. Yeah, so she's in. Um, oh man, I can't think of it. Uh, give me a second, and I'll I'll let you know. But uh, is she from like Susu Studio? <laughs> she's um no Sick. she she's she's from the Lizzie McGuire show. That's <laughs> okay. No, I'm just I'm just joking. She's um so well, one of the things I like, you know, she's got those giant eyes, so, and she does. She kind of looks like. She kind of looks like, um, cartoon from- yeah, like Kathy Bates a little bit, but she was in okay. So yeah, I remember her from Orange County. Actually, she was in Mean Girls. She was the uh, the friend, um, and then she was in Cloverfield. She was in a Hot Tub Time Machine, 127 Hours. Uh, let's see the interview, which wasn't great, but is she like close friends with Je- uh, James Franco or something? <laughs> no kidding. Well, she was in the Disaster Artist too, uh, and uh, Extinction, and the night before. So maybe. And now I and now you see me too. She was on Freaks and Geeks too. I I remember that. And Who was she on that? Uh, she played Sarah. She was only in four episodes of it, but was that Seth Rogen's uh, girlfriend? Yes, I believe so. With the uh, the secret. Yes, correct. Um, and she was all, apparently she was on True Blood as well, though I didn't really watch that as much. Uh, and, you know, she's been in a bunch of other, other stuff, but I, I like her a lot and she looks, she looks like, um, like, uh, Annie Wilkes basically, but yeah, it's not like she does a bad job. She does a fine job in the role, but you know, I mean, it feels like Bates putting yourself up. That, that, that's like one of the best like performances in like any movie ever. Like Kathy Bates says, uh, I mean, it's like it's like, oh hey, let's uh let's do this new movie. Uh, what I'm gonna do here is I'm going to uh, have you uh, be uh you know uh, oh, shit. You, you can be um you can be Gandhi, okay? <laughs> Try and play Gandhi. We, we we haven't seen a good Gandhi performance. <laughs> I I think the the one that you could do is like uh, like Don Corleone. We're gonna make a yeah, yeah exactly make a Godfather TV show, and we're gonna cast somebody as Don Corleone. Actually, that's kind of tricky because he was played by two different actors. That specific he, example, but two really good actors. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's like it's like it's like why remake anything? Like it, it's just like you're taking like one of the best, you know, possible versions of something, like the mm-hmm. best film adaptation of us. That might be the best. TV, I mean, I know a lot of people love the Shawshank Redemption, but. Honestly, Misery is is definitely one of the better like adaptations of Stephen King uh, novels as well. Yeah, you ready for a hot take? Misery is a better movie than The Shawshank Redemption. 
Oh, that's that's. I don't think there's any doubt to that. Shawshank Redemption is just very long, like unnecessary long. And some, I mean, it's a they take a novella and expand it into like that really long movie, and then they took like a full novel and like just made it, you know, like a regular length movie. But there was more. In, I mean, I really there's a very dark vibe to Misery. It's it's oh yes, it's a very creepy. Absolutely, and I, I, you know, I don't dislike the Shawshank Redemption. I think it's fine. It's a fine movie. It's on. Uh, TNT way too much, but but it's oh uh, for sure. I mean, I, I, when it's on, I catch it. It's it's like a comfortable movie to watch. Like you know what's mm-hmm. gonna happen. You know it's fun. It's there's good performances. It's like a you know it's like there's it's just a fun. It's even though it's a dark subject, it includes a man being raped at one point. Yeah. It's a it's a fun uh, it's a fun movie. Yeah, and and the sequel where where Red <laughs> becomes a killer for hire in Mexico is. It, you know, is really good as well, but but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, do you remember that, Mike? You remember that? Uh, oh yeah, I thought about about that quite a bit. But anyway, it's it's a good, it's a fine movie. But misery, misery is a better movie. I I I I, I will put misery uh, as, and I'm talking objectively. I'm not even talking about preference wise. The the direction of the movie, the acting in the movie, the script. I I will nuts and bolts objective put up. Misery against Shawshank Redemption any day. I think it's a better movie. I think Shawshank I mean, Redemption think, gets overblown a little bit, to be honest with you. Can you think of a better Stephen King adaptation than Misery? No. Stand By Me is pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good. directed by Rob Reiner. So they're both Rob Reiner movies. Oh, he directed Misery? I didn't know he did that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rob Reiner used to be a, a very, like, a, I mean, he has... I'm not saying he's like terrible now or anything. He just doesn't direct much anymore. But he used to be, like, you know, an excellent director, I think. Um, but uh, I mean, Stand by Me is pretty good, but not as good as Misery. Um, I mean, I honestly, no, I honestly can't think of any better. The Shining is good, but The Shining is also kind of not Stephen King. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot different. Yeah, it's a Stanley Kubrick movie for sure. And- and this is very, I don't even like saying this, especially since we've discussed this at length before, but I thought App Pupil was a pretty good adaptation as well. Yeah, yeah, not bad. I mean, even though there were some real life rapes going on uh, during the, the shooting of that one. Yeah, Brad Renfro killed himself too, right? He did, yeah. Yeah, so that's great. Or he, might have, eh, well, he might have overdosed. Yeah, maybe. Or he might have thought about Brian Singer and uh, <laughs> didn't want to live anymore. Um, I don't yeah. know. But yeah, that's... Yeah, there's, yeah um, I'm there's sorry. Some we do... problems with that, with that for sure. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a decent movie. But Misery is the best, in my opinion. Yeah. So they take like you know one of the best uh, you know performances in cinematic history, and they decide to redo it mm-hmm. on TV on who. Yeah. So she's like dri- She's it starts off. She's driving into the town, right? Yeah, well, she's driving. She just drives like a montage of them driving. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and like her and a, is it? I can't remember if it's a boy or a girl. It's a girl, and actually, uh, I cannot remember her name, but she was in the. I think it's Ellie something. She was in the movie Eighth Grade, which I saw with my daughter, uh, who was in eighth grade at the time that that movie came out, and she is she's pretty good in this show, and she is absolutely fantastic in in Eighth Grade. It was one of the only times where I actually kind of cared about the Oscars for a minute, because I'm like, she absolutely deserves to win an Oscar. She wasn't even nominated for for the movie. And at that point, I was just like, yeah, the Oscars don't matter. Like, 20 years from now, people are going to watch that movie and be like, uh, wow, that's a fantastic performance. Nobody's going to think like, uh, oh, did, but did she win the Oscar? 
Yeah, well, you know, the problem with uh, her, her performance was uh, she didn't shoot fire out of her arms. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but yeah, she's uh, she's and she's fantastic in the in the uh, the show. She's a very good actress. But yeah, her and her daughter are, are driving, and they're just kind of. It's clear they're they're driving away, and then she gets into an accident uh, right around Castle Rock. So so they have to they have to stay there, and it's established that she's a nurse. There's a lot of Easter eggs. They have uh, she's got like a pig pin, and I think she's got socks that are that are pigs. As yeah, as and well. uh, and misery uh, for those who don't know, misery was a pig in the uh, novel. Mm-hmm. Um, in the novel, the novel inside. Of- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do like. Go ahead again. Universe too, much like Marvel or DC. I mean, he's got the King. Hey, start start that again because I start that again because I uh, you you broke up. From what part? Um, what after uh, you said about the pig? Then you were like, um, I really like something, and then it broke up. I really. I really like like the little touches that are references like the larger Stephen King like universe, which I mean, really, when you think about it, much like the Marvel verse, there's definitely a Stephen King verse, you know, in literature and oh, uh, sure. movies, TV shows, it's just spread everywhere. He's like such a prolific, you know, and pop. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many references you can just like sneak in there. Like, I think there's a reference to the number nineteen at one point. Yeah, the the but the both the title sequence, the title sequence this year. Is a little bit different from last year's title sequence, but they both uh, featured uh, nineteen, the the number nineteen. So that's that's a big thing. And then uh, Lizzie Kaplan's uh, misery and uh, her daughter Joy uh, live, in, at, or they stay in the the nineteenth cabin or or whatever um, at that that place where Ace Merrill is uh you know speaking of stand by me a- yeah that surprised me that uh because like like again i was you know you would said oh you know this is you know it's its own thing and then it's like ace and pop merrill show up I'm like what's going on here yeah i know it's so funny because i said that you know this was before the it actually premiered i didn't know anything about you know what was uh was going on with it and i said that and i see in the first episode like fucking three characters are there i was like oh okay well that's that's great um Elsie uh, Fisher, by the way, that's uh, the actress's name. Okay. But uh, but yeah, so you know, and then last, so last season, the first season, they cast uh, Sissy Spacek, who of course was Carrie in the uh, right. the movie Carrie, and then this year they have Tim Robbins uh, from the Shawshank Redemption. In, in yeah, the- playing Pop Merrill. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, he's obviously playing a, a slightly different version of Pop uh, because, you know, the most of what we, when we see Pop Merrill is from the novella The Sundog uh, from Four Past. Yeah, Four. for sure. And, and I believe he's referenced quite a bit in, uh, is it Needful Things? Yeah, they talk about him a lot, yeah. Because he had, the, he had a shop uh, before Needful Things opened up. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think, think at one point uh ace gets like some coins from him that he thought were worth more than they were or something mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so they're two familiar characters i mean ace uh merrill kind of pops up in a quite a bit of stuff um as you mentioned before he's in uh the body he's in um needful things i think he's in something else too yeah he's in i'm trying to think of the other one that he's that he's in i can't think of it off the top of my head but yeah he 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 pops up a little bit uh, Pop Merrill also kind of is mentioned in passing. Like Ace Merrill, the Merrill family, they're they're mentioned a lot in different 
different uh, things that, that Stephen King's done. Kind of like you said, it's 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 a whole kind of world that he's he's definitely you know created that. Uh, and I don't know if it's I know he read comic books a little bit when he was younger, so I don't know if he if he kind of got that sensibility from comic books or or what. But he's he certainly likes to cross characters over and and everything. So. And he's built a distinct world. I mean, even with like the character Randall Flagg, who kind of like you know appears across different books with the same initials. You know, sometimes it's a different name, but it's always the same character. Yeah, and I wonder if he'll pop up at some point in this uh, Castle Rock show. I would, I, I would assume that eventually he's gonna be, he's gonna be in uh, in one of them. Um, but they do, they do go to Salem's Lot in this in this one as well. Uh, inexplicably, Salem's Lot is right by Castle Rock and populated almost entirely by Somalis, Somalians who um, were brought over ostensibly, I guess in the, for, in a large part by pop himself after uh, you know, after the war. Um, you yeah, know, this has to be the, the war, um, uh, the one in uh, like the late nineties, right? Yeah. I think he says the kids are like eight. One, they they speak, and I have. I'm sorry, I have no idea what language they speak in uh, Somalia. Is it Somali? Probably. Yeah. 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 Well, like uh, you know, the the, the he, he, when he first meets him, um, you know, there's a boy and a girl, and he tells the boy, "Oh, try this. It's like the most delicious thing ever." And the boy tries it, and he knows his sister doesn't speak English, so he goes, "Oh, this is terrible." And like Ace, like immediately, or Pop, like immediately figures it out. He's like, he starts cracking up because you know the boy's already showing like an entrepreneurial type spirit, and then we kind of like pan over and see uh, Ace and his brother, whose name I don't know, because I don't think I've heard of that Charlie or something like that, I think. So, yeah, I'm not sure, but I just assume he's going to be dead at some point, since, you know, he's a brand new character that they can do whatever they want with. Yeah, that's my guess. Um, but yeah, then we kind of cut in, like, you know, it's in the present day, and, like, the boy... Uh, Pop uh, owns this mall that's, like, an entirely Somali, like, it's almost entirely Somali, correct? Yeah. Or is it just, like, Im- immigrants in general, but there's a large... Somali population uh, in Castle Rock in this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think I think that's I think it's I think it's basically. And my wife was like, "Does this seem like something that Pop would do? Like when like bringing over the Somalis and and everything?" And um, I was like, "Well, I mean, I could kind of see it because of how we learn that uh, they're you know they're paying rent for the." the stalls that they have at this like flea market type place. I was like, I, I could, I could kind of see him like, you know, do like trying to do something like slightly good, but also he has his own interests at heart. Like he, yeah. And, and they show them like, uh, like some people are like, saying they want to leave and go somewhere else. They're like, Oh no, you're staying here. And like, they kind of like are trying basically forcing them to keep going here and paying. Rent. Yeah, exactly. It, it's clear that pop, because pop, uh, we find out pretty early on that pop has cancer. And I think it's pretty clear that he, he, you know, he's mellowed over the over time from from what he he was earlier in his life. the 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 time period is sort of weird the way they're kind of playing with time because if you look at uh, Annie Wilkes's age and kind of where she's at in life with the daughter and everything, you could almost look at this as like a prequel to Misery, um, you know, like. The, the events of misery yeah. would, would happen later. But then if you look at pop, it's like, okay, but then, you know, 
Like, yeah, I just, I just have no expectation that they're. I mean, they're clearly, you know, distorting the timeline and the characters themselves. Mm, I mean, yeah. so I mean, that's really a small thing once you have uh, Annie Wilkes, you know, like being in her twenties with a child, which I believe she was childless in the book. Yeah, she was, and I don't. I mean, I, I just, I don't. I think it would have been better to not do this. Like, just use the like, like they did in the first season. Use the town. Use sort of the like the overall mythology and everything, but um, you know, just have like your own original characters. Like, like uh, Tim Robbins doesn't have to be Pop Merrill in order to put him to have him to like it wouldn't change the story at all. And if you if you change the names of any of these characters, it, it would it would be no different. You know, there's yeah. nothing unique about them. I mean, she's a nurse and she has pigs. That's the only thing connecting her to the character. You know. And any Wilkers or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he's just some kind of mental problems and stuff. But we didn't like really. We didn't do like a full psychological dive on on Annie Wilkes in in Misery. You know, it was clear she had some sort of problems. But like, we get a lot more in depth as to like what her problems are and how how she's trying to combat them and everything. So yeah, you wouldn't. You could change her name. She could be Susan Goodall or whatever, and it would be. It no one would be like. Oh, you're just trying to be Annie Wilkes, or you know, like no one would think that. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's another thing I didn't like. Um, as you as you just said, uh, we see she has like some uh, some delusional like type behavior, like she sees things that aren't there. Um, and as you uh, pointed out during one of our house reviews, uh, delusion is like you know seeing something and believing it's there. Like she's not sure what's real and what's not. Um, whereas again, I, I'm. I feel I don't feel bad for doing this. I mean, I should, but I really don't. I mean, in misery, it's much more scarier because we don't really know if she's crazy or not. We're not 100% sure if she has something wrong with her, if she's just evil. She's definitely odd. She calls people Rudy Poos and other hilarious things like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the best things about misery is like kind of the slow realization of this person just isn't right. You know what I mean? Like there's something severely, and we don't know what it is, but there's something like severely wrong with this person. And it comes over time. Uh, it's not something that's just apparent right away. Like you said, she's kind of an oddball, but it's, it doesn't, it doesn't become like, it becomes sinister slowly. And it's like that, that creeping kind of terror. Yeah, it's, I just realized something. I wonder if this has ever been asked of Sammy King. Do you think Misery was originally a Bachman book? Oh. Uh, I mean, it would be a perfect Bachman book. Yeah, especially the way, you know, I think it, because, might, I think it might have been. Because, because the way it was originally supposed to end is so Bachman, too. What was the okay? Well, first of all, I want to say because I mean, Bachman uh, books have no element of the supernatural in them, and there's nothing supernatural in the movie or book Misery going on. Yeah, exactly. But the way what was the? Uh, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. The way that the way that it was supposed to end originally is so she's got her pig that she named Misery, and she says to Paul, um, you know, this is like this is deep into the novel. She's hobbled him already and, and all that stuff. And she says to Paul Sheldon, the writer, I, you know, write me a new Misery book. I'll let you go. Um, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to slaughter Misery the pig. And we're going to use her skin to bind this new this new book together, and it, you know it's going to be beautiful. All this stuff. This is her plan, right? So then it like yeah, because the first time you bind a a book out of human flesh, it goes flawlessly. I'm sure. Right. So then it's like six. It's like six months later. It basically just like says you know six months has passed. The um 
the it's not winter anymore. The you know like spring is here or whatever, all that stuff. Or it's it's getting into summer. It's hot. You know we we like Stephen King's describing this because this was the his original plan for the ending. Um, you know we kind of like pan out through the window and we see misery is still there. Uh, she's not dead. You know she's she's happily eating and everything. She's as big as ever. We see a like a pedestal with a a, bu- a book, you know, like uh, um, framed on it. The uh, the bed is empty. It's made. You know, Paul's not there anymore. And then basically, you know, we come in and we see that that um, you know, she's killed Paul after he finished the book. She's bound the book in his own skin. You know, obviously it's going to be like, you know, rough hewn and everything. The rest of his body, you know, was like fed to misery and the and the rest of the pigs and stuff. And that's how the book was going to end. So like she was going to kill him and bind this book in, in, in his skin, which is so a Richard Bachman ending. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, but Stephen yeah, King I said mean, really... that Paul Sheldon uh, ended up being, uh, you know, more resourceful than he thought, basically. Sure. Although I would think that if I was being held captive, uh, my novel will be done in uh, two weeks, not uh, six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'd be working pretty hard on it. All right. But yeah, so she's like seeing things and then she works at the clinic because as you mentioned, she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. The doctor, who's like the most understanding person of all time, uh, yes. realizes, catches her stealing some pills, but what she's stealing are like uh, antipsychotics, not like uh, opiates or anything. She goes, oh, you're not a drug addict. You just have uh, severe mental disorders that you've diagnosed and are treating by yourself. I won't tell anybody as long as you stay here. Yeah, because it's not like I could lose my license for uh, prescribing medication without a, uh, you know, without a consultation, without a, a formal diagnosis to uh, an employee of mine. You know, she yeah, because she absolutely just wrote her script. Yeah, she could absolutely have her license pulled for that. Yeah, it's uh, it's very ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so she like, kind of catches her on, and then uh, we go, we cut back to the Merrill family. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some dispute with the uh, the Somali. Uh, I forget his name. I'm terrible with names. Abdi, you know I believe, is his um, name. That okay, Abdi. We'll say that's his name. He's like he's kind of like kind of getting the rest of the Somalis together to try and you know. I, I think he's was told by Pop that he's going to inherit them all. Is that correct? Yeah, so he's building it, and and they're building it over what some people say is a witch's graveyard. So that's the other thing too. Salem's Lot is no longer vampires. I guess it's witches. For yeah, I get. I never. Is that a good book? I've never. I've only started to read it, and like it's a bunch of like journal entries. I assume that's not the whole book. It's okay. No, it's not the whole book. It's just the the, the first like I think the first chapter or two or whatever is journal entries, and the the rest of it is. Well, the like ninety percent of the middle is written like a regular book, and then it ends with with journal entries as well. It's it's okay. It's it's not my favorite book of Stephen King's. It's very so it was written in the seventies, and it's it's very much a book of its time. It's very much a seventies novel, and it's kind of like Peyton Place with vampires. I think Stephen King even described it that way. One was time. he heavily into drugs at this point? Uh, I don't think drugs as much. He was definitely drinking a lot, but he, I don't think he was quite as much into drugs. I'd like to, I'd like to get a timeline of his usage and like compare it to his books. I know he said Cujo. He just does not remember writing at all. Yeah. And the Tommy knockers, uh, that's, yeah, he said, he said it's clearly a metaphor for like, you know, drug, drug use. 
Oh yeah, and I mean misery is 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 in a way too. Like Annie Wilkes is basically cocaine, keeping him locked up, making him right. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I'd like to read that book again. Actually, I bet that's a a lot. You know, it'll it bet that aged very well. Oh yeah, I think misery. Honestly, I think misery. Not only is it is it the best movie, I think misery is maybe my favorite book of his. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I like his books. Um, some of them are just ridiculous. I don't care for them as much. Um, yeah. I actually think Eyes of the Dragon might be my favorite one. By oh, it's a really good one too. I'd like The Stand if it was a lot shorter. Yeah, The Stand has some problems. Like I don't need to hear about how to get the electrical grid back on ta- online. <laughs> no kidding. It's like the so the stand is very much like, okay, Stephen King's written uh, written uh, three books at this point. The last one was you know number one on the bestseller list. He is a bona fide star now. Um, we're not gonna. We're not. I mean, we can't tell him they cut this. Cut this part. Cut this part. We can't. I mean, they did. They did. Honestly, actually, because originally yeah, he, it was like a twelve hundred page book. They cut it. Yeah, down I was actually going to mention this. Pages, and then he he and then in the nineties when he was an absolute superstar, he's like, "Fuck you! I'm putting those four hundred pages back in." Yeah. What I was just say here is I don't know if you remember the commercials where he's talking about how it was cut out and like how he put them back in. Yeah. I think that was like the the moment where he just like he just stopped caring at all about what his editor said. He's like, here's so, here's some money. Yeah, exactly. you, you take a little bit of cut. You know, put the sentences in order, correct grammatical mistakes, punctuation. Mm-hmm. Don't touch another thing. Yep. No, I, absolutely. I I agree because he to me Stephen King's a really good writer in in desperate need of a really good editor. And the ironic thing is, in his book on writing, like his best piece of advice is to cut all the bullshit out. Yeah. The author of Insomnia, Stephen King, <laughs> says you should cut out any extraneous material. <laughs> Seriously, the, Stephen King is is single handedly responsible for the destruction of trees in the Northeast. I mean, Insomnia isn't Insomnia like an eight hundred page book? It's very long and. It's another one where it's like, here's the thing, too. It's sort of hard to criticize Stephen King, especially if you're a fan, because there are good things in Insomnia. And, you know, there are things that are really good, but there's like 500 pages of stuff that doesn't need to be there. About old people having trouble sleep. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, I bet Insomnia is probably like a really good, like, mythology book, because it talks a lot about, like, stuff that's related to the Dark Tower. Yes, correct. And we even get like a like the very like last bit of insomnia is basically a prequel to you know the next dark tower which everyone was really you know in need of at that point it was like the little boy talking about the crimson king. Yep. Yep. Exactly. The crimson. But yeah, king I'm so- and, the, and the uh the what I can't remember what he calls the gunslinger. He calls him the red king I think because he doesn't know but they mention it's a crimson crayon which I don't know why. I guess I guess he would have that cuz they say he does nothing but draw all day. Yeah. Peter Danville or Patrick Danville. Patrick, yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they uh, there's some conflict. Stuff happens. Eh, I, I I really did not find this interesting. I like I said, I I, I gave it two episodes. I'm like, ah, maybe it'll pick up. It did not for me. I, I didn't see anything that was like aside from like the woman with like her mental issues. There's not any like creepy like supernatural type Stephen King things going on mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, it's so. I'm interested enough, I guess, that I'll continue to watch it. But it's, I mean, it's, I'm not, I'm not loving it. It's not great. 
it's not nearly as good as the first season. The first season's really interesting. Like, I'll tell you what the first season's about a little bit, uh, in case maybe you you do want to watch it. I don't know. Um, the first season opens up with Terry O'Quinn, uh, Locke from Lost. Uh, uh, no, actually, that's not. Uh, that's P- that's Peter from um, Millennium. Actually, my he, friend. Correct. That's true. He uh, he kills himself by tying a rope around his neck, uh, tying it to a tree, getting into his car, and driving into Castle Lake. Uh, which said like he he survived. Yeah, so he decapitated himself uh, and drove into the lake. Uh, but he was the warden of Shawshank prison. This, uh, this guy, um, I'm trying to remember his name now. Will Devers, I believe is his name. He, um, he ends up getting called back into town. Sissy Spacek is his mom and, uh, he's adopted. Uh, and his dad was a reverend who's dead now. Uh, is that, is that the theme of these Castle Rock, uh, series in there's adoption involved? Apparently. Yeah. He, um, but he, we're so, really big in the orphan market. So they, they, um, they find in Shawshank prison in an area that was cordoned off because of a fire or some sort of like hazard or something like that. Um, they find in this deep dank hole, Bill Skarsgård, uh, in a cell. And he claims that the warden had put him in there. Uh, you know, the warden that killed himself. So, they're trying to figure out what are we going to do? Like the, he doesn't have a, there's no record of him supposedly being here. Uh, you know, this is a big clusterfuck kind of thing. We don't know exactly what to do. Um, it turns out that Terry O'Quinn from millennium, uh, said that like, he's got all these notes and everything. Basically he says he found the devil. Like there's something wrong in castle rock. Things always go wrong. Uh, I believe the beginning narration mentions Cujo, uh, not by name. None of this stuff by name. Uh, it does mention Frank Dodd. Now that I think about it, he's not actually in it. But they just see. They just say. They just say. Um, you know, it's like it's almost like the beginning of Needful Things, the book, where he's like, uh, "You've been here before, yeah, sure you have." You know, like, and he's talking about all the things that have happened in Castle Rock. It's kind of like that, where he's like, you know, oh, you know, bad things seem to happen in Castle Rock, like the. Like the police officer that went nuts, or that dog that that killed the old sheriff, or, or you know whatever. Like they talk about, it's like, and I don't think they're really trying to say like, hey, you know, it's like it's sort of like they're just building, they're just like acknowledging the mythology, I think. Um, but he like kind of gives that opening narration and says all these bad things are happening, and then he says, uh, you know, I found the devil, like I found the source of all this evil. It's in a person. And I've imprisoned him. And basically, it's it's like that Twilight Zone episode where uh, they, they supposedly they have the devil. And then the devil gets uh, let out, you know, and stuff. Um, I think it's called the Howling Man. Um, but anyways. Yeah, the, the Howling Man, for sure. So that's um, that's that's kind of the plot of it. Is he He's saying that this guy is the devil. Will Devers is who Bill Skarsgård asks for. Uh, and Will Devers is who comes to, like you know, like to re- and build. He's a lawyer. He he um he ends up, you know, like basically saying I'm going to represent this guy and everything. Uh, you know, if you don't let him out, so he's trying to secure this guy's release. He thinks Terry O'Quinn was was nuts, and that's like the basic setup. So you don't know, like 
you know, is this is Bill Skarsgård evil? Is he not evil? What the fuck is going on with uh, you know, with this stuff? What is what's real, what's not real, you know, like that it's so it's kind of a there's a mystery element of it to it to it as well. And that's that's sort of the the setup of you know, and, and other things happen and and everything like that. But um you know, that's kind of the basic setup of of um season one and it's really interesting and it focuses on these characters that are, you know, wholly original characters. And like I said, this one, it's not, it's not the same. Like it's the, the stuff with Salem's lot. So there's one character in season one. That's a character, um, you know, in Stephen King's books and it's Sheriff Pangborn, Alan Pangborn. And that was the one thing I didn't like about season one. And I told Carol all the time. I was like, that's not like, I was like, that's not Pang. That's not Sheriff Pangborn. It's it's distracting. Yeah, that's not how he would act. That's not the things he would say. That's not what he would do. But he's in season one. He's elderly, and barely in it. But any scene that he shows up in, like I didn't, I didn't like. But luckily, like I said, he's barely in it, so I didn't have that big of a problem with it. Unfortunately for this season, it's like all of them, and it's like you said, it's it's distracting and. I could get over it if the story was really compelling, but it's not super compelling to me. Yeah, so I'm probably not going to continue. If you do so, I guess let me know what happens. But yeah, I'm, it's not for me. I'll probably watch. I mean, I'll watch the next episode for sure, and I'll see what I think. But I mean, honestly, I might just we'll see if it's if if the next episode if I don't like the next episode then I'll probably just um I'll probably just wait till season 3 and, and try again in season 3 and see if it's any good. That's right. that's the one thing that's good about the anthology series. Like American Horror Story. I watch I watch that sometimes too. Um and there are seasons of that. That's that's the most uneven show in the world. There are seasons of that even even more so than Dexter? Yes. Cuz there wow. are seasons of that that are garbage absolute garbage and then they're like just the worst tv i've ever seen and then there are seasons of it that are really really good um so like i always have to give it like one or two episodes and be like okay is this is this going to be one of the good seasons or not and um you know it's a good idea to have like an annual like you know horror you know themed i think don't they use like the same actors and stuff too yeah they do you know what I would prefer, though, if it was just called uh, John Carpenter's uh, American Horror Stories. Absolutely. That'd be great. And we could have that synth music uh, from John Carpenter uh, for every... Uh, That'd be sweet. Season. Although, I, I, I don't... He, he kind of just stopped directing at some point, didn't he? Pretty much, yeah. I, th- I, I think he's basically retired now. Yeah. I know he did, like, was associated with Ghosts of Mars, but I think he just produced it or something, I hope. Yeah, I, he gets he gets a credit and money from Halloween, and I love how I love how he does not give a fuck. They've been talking about redoing, um, redoing um, a Big Trouble in Little China with like the Rock or, or whatever. And, yeah, I heard about that. or Chris Pratt. I think at one point they were saying. Yeah, and he he does not care. Like he is not he's not the type of person that's like he's basically the opposite of Alan Moore, where he's not he. He's he's not like uh, oh you know I've got to protect my properties or whatever. He's he he just uh, smokes fifteen cigarettes while you tell him uh, what uh, what you want to do with his property. And he's like, so I get to cash a check at the end of this. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know, 
Like, you know, I, I kind of respect that though. You probably could just say, you know, well, my version still stands. You're not changing or altering it. I, I already put out what I have to say about it. If you want to pay me more money to have this piece of shit Rob Zombie butcher my movies, go. Ahead. That's basically his exact attitude from 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 interviews I've seen of him. That's basically exactly what he says. He's like, well, I, made, I made Halloween, so I don't care, you know. Yeah, I'm fine either way. If you want to be like Alan Moore or you know more like John Carpenter, I just don't like it when studios act against the will of the original intent. You know, like uh, oh, Alan Moore did not want there to be a movie, but since his works were owned by DC, which you know he did agree to at the time, which but I mean it just sucks that he couldn't you know have bought the rights back and just like made it so you could never produce anything related to it. Yep, and he also didn't want it to be followed up on, which they fucking done. Yeah, but still, he still has the original, you know, Watchmen miniseries that he did exactly how he wanted, and it's still... Yep. No, I agree. It's, uh... Just choose to ignore everything else like I do. Yep, me too. However, the intro to the Watchmen movie might be the best intro to any movie ever. I was so, so hyped seeing the intro, but oh my god. I love it, yeah, with the, with the, the, uh, the alternate histories and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, it really bothered me because like uh, they had like still photos, you know, promoting it before it came out and stuff. And they were like like shots from the comic book. It was like a perfect frame. I'm like, I was, I had really big hopes for this movie, but it it, it just fell flat. Yep. Yeah. No, I loved it. I, I loved it as well. It was it was really good. But the opening. But uh, yeah, I didn't like the. Uh, I mean, obviously they changed stuff. I don't know why. Like why why take the squid out? I don't I don't get that. Like. Yeah, okay, we're going to have Dr. Manhattan in here and like, you know. Yeah, it's it's like it, like people I mean, some people prefer it, but it, it really is just dumb. I mean, it's like really just kind of thrown together at the last minute. The squid thing, at least in the comics, I mean, yeah, it was kind of ridiculous, but I mean, at the same time you have a man who could, you know, turn matter into whatever he wants. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, inconceivable. What's... And they clearly explained that psychic abilities exist in these. Yeah, and and you know, Ozymandias's uh idea makes so much more sense in the in the graphic novel to me than it does in the movie oh for sure but, but yeah um but yeah watchman uh comic book series is great um mm-hmm. everything else eh. i mean I'll, I'll i'm gonna wait till more of the uh the miniseries come out and watch it but it's got good reviews but the reviewers are not like making points that i would find to be you know relevant like like oh it, it's you know it's a commentary and i'm like yeah i don't really i don't really want to see that you know mm-hmm. this guy's like I mean, trump like, yeah, exactly. Like, like, work. Out, why don't you do a story? You know, yeah. maybe do some writing. Yeah, let me tell. <laughs> let me tell you something. Making every, like literally every single thing an allegory for Donald Trump does not make you a clever writer. Right. It's like uh, if I want to see a rip from the headlines, I'll watch a uh, Law and Order. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, because everyone's doing that now. Like, it, like every single thing I see, it's like, oh, that's a that's a allegory to Trump, and it's like I, I get it. Lots of people don't like him. And and obviously he's omnipresent in in our right. lives, but it's like but I want to escape from that when I'm watching a fucking show. You know, I know people. A lot of people, rightly so, say that you know Hollywood is like a uh, you know basically a platform for like liberal like you know progressive ideas. But it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, half the country you know voted for this person, even if you didn't. I mean, you know, it's just like it's just like you're not even like living in the real world at this. Yeah, agreed. Oh. But yeah, uh, that's our show for today. All right. So happy Halloween. Yep. Happy Halloween, and don't take this as uh, an endorsement from me of Donald Trump because it's not. I'm just sick of fucking hearing about it. 
And uh, a nice surprise for our listeners, if you play this episode backwards, you'll hear me giving a glowing review of the Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yep, exactly. To wind it back, and uh, do, but you got to do it at uh, one and a half speed, though. One and a half speed backwards, and it is a review of, uh, of, of Endgame, which Mike uh, says that... It, it's gushing, to be, to be honest. That's his reaction to <laughs> It's our masterpiece. So go ahead and listen to that, and uh, we will see you next time. Tell friends. Thank you, everybody, for telling friends about the show. For uh, MySpace? Yeah, for giving us stars, for going to MySpace. Uh, talk to us on Twitter if you want to. Massive Late Fee everywhere. We will see you next time. Bye. See you later.